Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. Are we doing our sexy phone operator voice? Oh, I mean, always, right? A little I mean, bit? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, you know, my allergies are really came in, so I feel like I have a sexier voice. You've now got that, that throaty kind of Phoebe raspy. has a cold thing going yeah. on. Yeah. I'd be I really sad that. when it goes. <laughs> this is you betch. You betch. I'm Morgan Colbert. I'm Heather Schrader, and this is our podcast about, well, betches. betches. That's right. All your favorite leading ladies are not. Uh, sometimes they're real awful. Villains. Yeah, I, I love a villain story. Um, I honestly don't do. I mean, it's it, I feel nervous because this has been like three months since we've recorded. Legitimately, I know. right? I know. We already made a couple of mistakes. We're we've learning had, again. Yeah, we're, I'm like, why can't we remember how to do this? It's been that long. We've had some life changes, some just yeah. setbacks, some things that have have made us continuously put this to the bottom right. of our priority list, unfortunately. Yeah. But now we're here, and it's happening again. And we're excited about it, and we're ready to talk about all your favorite or not favorite women. So I don't really remember who I'm doing. Because Neither it's been that do long since I've I. done the research on this person, because we like postponed it once, and then we postponed it again. And then yeah. something came up, and then so... It's yeah. been forever, and I kind of was like, well, maybe just open up your Google Drive and let this be a surprise to you Oh, right. as much as it is to Morgan. Same, because I like specifically like picked out um, my women based off of, you know, when we were in March, because it was Women's Month. So That's right, yes. Um, yeah, we didn't even get to do a Women's History Month episode. Yeah, so like... <laughs> such lazy slackers. When I looked, I was like... Ask us if we had jobs during this period of time. No. We did not. I don't know what the problem was. No. Oh, no, you do remember. I had bad luck that night that we were going to record. I mean, I do remember, but like, I, I understand. There's just life you're comes up. You're such a good just... friend for like, just being like, you know what, Morgan, you're having such bad luck. How about we just like drink and watch TV? I mean, we we were, we were, it was getting to be really late. Things had really been a struggle that day. It was such a bad day. We had a run of times when we planned to record and it just didn't work out. You know what? I'm tired of making excuses for free content. We <laughs> <laughs> we are writing a story in our heads right now yeah. that says that our listeners and, and, and audience are angry at us for not having put out an episode more regularly. And literally no one has said that. No one has intimated that to us. That has not been shared with us at all. It's just, that is our own yeah. negative self-talk Absolutely. to us. Absolutely. Well, I hope that you're just excited that we're having any episode out. I'm just excited to be hanging out with you, eating and drinking and recording. Yeah. Like, I'm that's a good drunk. time. Yeah. It's kind of early in the day. Is it? It's lunchtime. It is, but we have <laughs> And had we're still in pajamas. Do you want to talk about what we've had to drink? Si um, significant amounts. Have we? Um, <laughs> have we? Um, yeah, so we've already had Bailey's and coffee this That's morning. Right. That was nice. That was delicious. And now we're on to a wonderful fruit smoothie blend with vodka. Basically, yeah, it is, uh, it is vodka, but like... Mm, it's kind of a lot of vodka. And I realize these are dangerous because I, for one, am kind of sucking these down. Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is nutritious and healthy. This is round three, I believe. Yeah, it is. And they've all had a lot of shots in them. Blood orange uh, sparkling beverage. Right. And frozen blood oranges mm -hmm. and some frozen berries. And I okay. put that all in the blender, like a little frappe. And 
yeah, and I'm, you're like, I'm kind of drunk. Yeah. And I just think at the same time when I'm drinking it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so healthy. <laughs> and you then, are getting all of your antioxidants for I the mean, day and some vitamin C. Like you're going to cure. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. It does, can't yeah. hurt. No, absolutely not. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. we will have glowy skin for all the wrong reasons today. <laughs> <laughs> it will not because of the antioxidants. Because the girl, vodka. your skin looks great. How Thank much are you, you loving? Just kind of like letting makeup be a, a, a choice again. Yeah. Not that makeup isn't always a choice. Of yeah. course, you don't ever but, have to go out without makeup on. Yeah. But society has shifted a little. I love it. I love that you can wear trash bag dresses now. Oh, we had a huge discussion. We've been. I, I'd say. I'd say about 60% of our conversation since you arrived here yesterday afternoon has been focused on trash bag potato sack dresses. Absolutely. We cannot shut up about them. It's the best phenomenon that's happened and I'm here for it. I love that I just get to walk around in the tent and no one knows what's going on underneath. You looked so cute last Thank night. You. If you haven't and seen I our Insta adorable. from Cinco de Mayo, you can go check out Morgan's potato sack dress. I loved it. When you showed up yesterday and we were like, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to go out for the first time in like ages. Yeah. We're going to actually put makeup on and choose an outfit. And we were like, okay, so so what what are we going to wear? We did the very yeah. you know stereotypical let's Girl go thing. out thing. What are we going to wear? And Morgan shows me her gorgeous olive green spaghetti strap potato sack dress. <laughs> And I was like, bitch, shut up. I am having that same dress delivered, <laughs> delivered to today. my house today, essentially. I bought, I bought, if you haven't done Thread Up, by the way, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast yet. I think you might have. I hope so, because Thread Up is an important thing. It's, it's also, I gotta say, it's great for the environment. It's very, it's a good choice because fast fashion, we all know it's a problem for the environment and for, you know, the the children in foreign countries who make this clothing it's it's all bad right it's yeah. all bad stuff so if fast fashion is still going to exist at least we want to try to be less of a part of the problem so i use thread up basically exclusively for my clothes mm-hmm. and you can get they always are offering these huge discounts i got a 35 percent off coupon recently that's why my clothes were so cheap in this yeah. bundle that i bought i'm not kidding you when i tell you i bought two swimsuit tops two swimsuit bottoms two cover-ups a hat a pair of sandals four dresses Two cover-ups, did I say that? Uh, For $110, and that is bananas. And these were high-quality brands, brands that I was going to pay full price at other places Mm -hmm. before I was like, let me just go check what's available here. Yeah. And you're you're not contributing to the cycle of people, you know, having fast fashion clothes and then you don't wear them or you don't love them or you don't fit into them. So you just kind of put them out into the world or into a a landfill. Mm. This is recycling of clothing and you really can feel good about it. Yeah. But I got my thread up box yesterday and Morgan was (laughs) here and we unwrapped it. And let me tell you the goddamn delightful surprise I had with my potato sack olive green dress. It was goddamn reversible. And it was the best surprise ever. I told I told Heather, I was like, oh my God, we can match, but like flip it, reverse it, and be purple. It is a lilac color cute. underneath. <laughs> it is an olive green color on top. It is legitimately reversible. And if and I paid five dollars and fifty cents for it. So if you don't think that I mean, 
if it had had pockets, it would have been like the holy grail. It would have been a unicorn of all like potato trash bag dresses. Oh my God. I am so into just wearing a shapeless nothing over my body and dressing it up with jewelry and pretending that I got ready. Don't you love that fashion has adjusted itself to what we've all been doing like previous year? Absolutely nothing. So we need to have this potato sack like dress to like show that it's okay, everyone. We thought in advance, we got a dress for you guys. That's a hundred percent correct. It's got like it. designers were like, everyone's, what do you have to look forward to this year? But TV and eating, that's it. That's the only yeah. thing you have going for you. Maybe a hike. <clears throat> that's all that you, that's, that, that was, those were your options. So eating became a huge priority to everyone's yeah. life. Everybody was cooking bread, like making bread. Yeah. That was really big. No one was ever going to see you. You never had to put on pants that yeah. had a judgy waistband. It's the perfect recipe for putting on a few pounds, which mm-hmm. is not an issue. It's totally fine and it, normal. It, yeah, it's normal. And that also we just were like, no more bras, no more waistbands. We're not doing this anymore. Mom jeans are back. I mean, they're just like, you know what? Everyone, Anything goes. Clothes are comfortable now. You're welcome. It's as you like to say, lawless oh my Very god lawless. we just had a knock on the door about you that is my next package of thread up <gasps> oh clothing. my gosh it's christmas here at the Schrader's. getting packages <laughs> is a delight i gotta say uh so i have a list of things to bring up because it's been so long and i didn't want to forget all of our shit Do i you- forgot everything you're welcome Fair enough. I mean, these were like, I would fall asleep in the last few nights and be like, I'm going to, we're going to record. So, oh my God, write this down. You're going to forget to talk about it. Like wake up and type it on my phone. Um, Well, do you have any recommendations? Uh, Yes. I have been watching two shows that I love very much. I've been watching uh, Mayor of Easttown with the beautiful Kate Winslet on HBO. And she's a treasure. And I've also been watching The Nevers. Oh, I've been meaning to watch that. I mean, Very it's good. Victorian magic. It's it's couldn't be it's, better, right? It's so great, and I love it. Um, and then I watched this one show that, well, I watched it on HBO, because HBO, I guess, picked it up, but it originally was on Cinemax. Um, it's called Warrior. It is really good. It's a kung fu um, story. I loved it. Um, but, unfortunately... It only did two seasons and then quit from the pandemic. And then Cinemax announced like they're not going to do any of their new shows moving forward. So I'm kind of hoping that HBO might pick it up because there's still so much story to tell. It's funny. I wonder if we're going to see this huge sort of, I don't know if you remember, maybe, you know, 10, 13 years ago. I think it was 2008 that the writer's strike happened. The writer's guild strike happened. And you saw just this, this lesion of, beautiful fantastic shows that had only maybe had one or two seasons and then just couldn't survive the writer's strike and I think it's going to be the same situation with the pandemic I know and it really broke my heart because I was like they had a good story to tell and I the I believe the director said that they really wanted to do at least four or five seasons and that's all they were going to do of it anyway but I, was just I love like, that I love when people plan for it to not be this endless onslaught yeah. of of we ran out of ideas but we're still doing this yeah to just go I have a story that I'm going to tell Telling it in the amount of time it takes Ten to tell it. Ten seasons later, we I mean, still you can really only get away anything. with that with like procedurals and 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 sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. So it was a really good show. I'm kind of bummed about it. I would like to think now that people can watch it on like HBO Max and things like that. That maybe it'll get enough like talk, and so maybe they can like hashtag save Warrior. Yeah. 
I do love when something is a reasonable amount of seasons, though. Yeah, and like I said, the, the director literally <laughs> said, like, we're only going to four five. Yeah, I was just telling you about, you know, I rewatched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend recently and how much I appreciated the fact that, I mean, the production value on that is through the roof, and, you know, they do all these musical numbers, so not only are you filming a regular TV show, you know, 45-minute mm. TV show, you're also filming like seven little music videos yeah. and rehearsing for them and, and, you know, being in the sound studio for them and learning the music. And uh, it just sounds so overwhelmingly hard. So I understand why they maybe put a cap on it. And it, but it seems like I like when people purposefully think like the good place, you know, we have this story to tell. It will probably take this amount of seasons. And after that, we will be done telling that story. Like I love me a limited series. Mm -hmm. I love to know that I'm going to get the satisfaction of beginning to end story without the confines of a, you know, 90 minute to 120 hour, 20 minute movie. Yeah. I, um, yeah. And I, I hate when you spend all your time too with certain shows, you're watching it and you're like, well, I guess I could have done without that. <laughs> you know, I hate when you feel that way. You're like, they should have stopped when, you know? Yeah. Do you have one that comes to mind that really yeah. did you dirty? Um, I feel like with Westworld, I'm sure I'm not the only <gasps> one who totally can stopped, right? I didn't even finish anything I, of it. I, I had didn't. to because I felt like it's kind of like with like True Blood. You like, no. Like, oh, I didn't no. finish that either because what the fuck? Again, what the fuck? Like there was no reason for it to keep going on, but they kept doing it anyway. Like, you guys are being wild. Here. Yeah. You are just making wild, grasping random yeah. shit and i kind of feel like with westworld they kind of did us dirty in a way of like how like oh we talk about that a lot westworld for real did us dirty they just really i don't know it just kind of threw me for a loop like i wasn't ready for what we were doing in season three it just wasn't necessary i thought i agree um I always think Lost did me the dirtiest, you know. Everyone to this day, of course, I still talk about like PTSD Lost. from that because, sorry, that was probably overboard and offensive. I obviously don't have PTSD, <laughs> um, but I do harbor like some real resentment and uh, feelings about yeah. that. Even I think it's been a decade, and I'm still just like, it's been such a long if time. Any ago. show ever behaves the way that Lost behaved, which is kind of how I feel about Game of Thrones. But too. see. Oh no, I, mm, I know a lot of people feel that way too. But like my brother was telling me, like Homeland did him that way. I, I burned out on that too, and he said it just really pissed him off, and he stopped watching. Well, it. I tried to, you know, when, when you get a little bit older too, you start going, I don't have to finish this show only because I started it. Like if it's going on eight seasons and you're like forcing yourself to watch, don't force yourself to it. watch anything. Just because it. you've started a show doesn't mean that you're like in it for the long haul. You have no, you, there's no, you have no horse in that race. Like you, you're not invested in what's going to yeah. happen. You didn't have a financial stake here. So it's really okay to bail and go find things that you like better. Die. You're coughing a lot from I your die. allergies. Is that right? Yeah. I'm Sorry. not dying y'all. I promise. Um, so I have been, we have been, I told you this earlier. We haven't been watching a whole lot because, um, my husband, you know, he, he's been working a job that he works kind of long hours and uh, is a really physically demanding job. And he comes home, you know, come home and we do the news and we do Jeopardy and then I make dinner. And like by the time we actually get to like, OK, we're ready to watch a show. It's so late. He's just like, I can't. 
think properly. Like I can't focus on something interesting or new. And we end up watching. Well, we've been <laughs> we've been watching the nanny on HBO oh. a lot because the, the nanny hasn't been on anything in forever. I mean, I'm sure I mentioned this in the Fran Drescher episode. She's like my idol. I'm obsessed with her. She's brilliant and amazing. And the nanny has only been on like cable reruns. There's been no streaming networks that have had a contract with it until really recently. So HBO has it now. And it's it's a delight. She's so beautiful and delightful. Her costuming, her hair, her makeup, it is out of control, outlandish, and it is so gorgeous at the same time, which is confusing to me because I don't understand how things can be so beautiful and classy and so gaudy at the same time. Oh, my God. Her outfits are the best. I am here for it. I live for it. It's almost like a 1960s outfit, like a slutty housewife look, and I'm here for it. She is, her body is ridiculous. Oh, I envied her when I was a little kid. I remember growing up watching it and just loving her so much. It was like, when I grow up, I want to look like that. I agree. I mean, she's she's so <laughs> stunning in it. And their chemistry is so great. Uh, it's really yes. a delight. And, you know, it's it doesn't necessarily hold up well. There's It's problematic in the way that most early 90s sitcoms would be. But um, didn't you love how like you knew she was always going to get her way when she sat on the corner of his desk? How I was thinking about that a lot this last watch through. Like if you walked into your boss's office in like this scantily clad outfit and like perched on the edge of his desk with your legs crossed, like can you imagine how inappropriate? Oh my gosh! Like they would be like, get out now. I also think that like part of why I love short skirts and short um, shorts and tights mm-hmm. has got to be partially because of Fran Drescher. It has to be because of her. Got to be a little she bit because started of her. I literally wore that last night. I was going <laughs> to say, that looks coming back. <laughs> it, the 90s are fully back. I, in fact, saw, I was in H&M grabbing just a t-shirt <clears throat> for Johnny and I saw this, uh, this in the women's department, it was a short-sleeved um kind of you know those not a mock turtleneck but like what are those called like the collar that comes up like just like an inch into your neck yeah i know what you're talking about yeah and cuts you off very strangely uh you know and and short sleeve and kind of like not a crop top but like short ish yeah and it It looks like a 70s top 90s it was and it was striped horizontally in like different colors and thicknesses and it was that accordion ribbed fabric. Yeah, and I, know I remember this being a thing when I was a preteen and there's a reason we decided no on that. And it's because it wears, it's terrible, wears terribly. Oh. Those things like move and shrink up like weird lampshades. Like you have yeah. a frill around your midriff and, oh my God, I hate ribbed stuff. I hate... <clears throat> All of this '90s like body suits with the fucking snaps right in your crotch. Like, oh, why yeah. are these back? What are we doing? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. Have been watching very much. Um, oh, I did watch a great show though called "Everything's Gonna Be Okay." Have you seen this? No. Uh, Tell me more. Mm. A big sip. So it's on Hulu. And it is a freeform show about this kind of 20-something young man who 
has half sisters mm-hmm. from his dad's second marriage and his dad dies. This is not a spoiler. It happens like in the first 10 minutes. Um, and he has to basically take guardianship of these two teenage girls. Oh my God. One of them is autistic. Ugh. Um, and it is, it is such a delight. This show is like, you know, I recommended Ted Lasso so strongly. This is a recommendation. Same, this isn't quite up to, up to, I won't like scream about it like that, but it's that same thing of just, it feels like wrapping yourself in a cozy blanket the kid who plays the brother is actually an Australian guy. Oh. And he's uh he his character is gay. I I'm I I think his he is gay in, in, in his off screen life as well. Um so it has a lot of just really great messages about uh inclusivity and yeah. um queerness and oh my god, it's just it has so many great messages. So this kid is Australian. And what's fascinating about that to me is I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that, I'm sorry, this character was not written to be the Australian half-brother. Yeah. That's not what was going on. They weren't like, oh, yes, and uh, this, <clears throat> this American man is in Australia, you know, has a relationship with an Australian woman, and they have an Australian son, and then, you know, 25 years later... Uh, the, the Australian son has to take care of the American half. Si- that's not what the, that's not how that yeah. was written. Okay. Which tells me that this actor, and I have no doubt this is what happened. This actor is such a goddamn delight. Mm-hmm. He is such a joy to be near and to, to watch and to witness. They rewrote the role for him. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and you'll see immediately when you start watching it, why, that would be the case. His yeah. his dynamic with these young girls, these young teenage girls is so sweet. This show is important representation. Yeah. And I just, I highly encourage people to, to seek it out. Yeah. Well, good. Sounds sweet. What else are you imbibing? Um, I have been listening to Tenfold More Wicked. Mm, fuck yeah. That has definitely been keeping me company. <laughs> um... I'm finishing up on the fifth book of Harry Potter because I'm so late to the game. <laughs> Girl, that's one book further than you were. Good job. I know. Yeah. High five. High five. Uh, oh, clink. We didn't clink. Oh, my God. It's bad luck now. Okay. okay. Officially, we can start again. <laughs> okay. What so, if we went back and started all Oh, over? my God. <laughs> we get rid of me like having a cough fit. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I made you watch Gretel and Hansel. I'm so sorry. That's okay. I fully fell asleep. It's really fine. I'll, only poor Johnny had to suffer through it. He, he, he'll he watch a bad, scary movie. It's fine. Yeah. I, I um, had a snooze. It's not a problem. Yeah, I knew uh, you were you were done for sure. Um, doing Duolingo, trying to get better on my Spanish because I chickened out of Italian. Oh, right. <laughs> you said you bailed as soon as it got hard. I know. And Fair now, enough. I mean, you're look, not the only one who's yeah. in that. That's all I got going on. Um, okay, everything's going to be okay. I talked about, oh, I listened to Ali Wong's audiobook. Uh, it's called Dear Girls. It's kind of written <clears throat> in the fashion of um, letters to her, her young daughters. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and that was great. And I think that, like, you know, 
hearing this uh, Asian American woman talk about her life's experiences and and what her what's important to her and and how that's been for her growing up and um, traveling abroad and, and discovering her heritage. Um, that was great. I highly recommend that book, Dear Girls by Aline Wong. Um, I have uh, have oh um have this list of things that has been like so hilarious or awful that have happened to me. You want to hear something really embarrassing that happened to me? I do want to hear something embarrassing. I have two embarrassing things. Um, one happened the last time that I think I saw you. I stopped at Local Vine to come um, to, to grab some some wine before I came to your place. And I had forgotten my, my purse in the car. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I grab my mask. I think the, the extra step of like making sure I have my mask on makes Threw me you forget off. other steps. Yeah. So I came in and I didn't have my purse with me. And I was like, oh, but you have Apple Pay, right? She was like, yeah, you can just tap it right there. And I was like, I said, oh, I don't have my ID, though. That's also in my purse. And she she goes, you're fine. <gasps> oh, my God. Right, right. And then immediately I... I kind of laughed and she kind of laughed and I think immediately she realized what that, that she was said. maybe be not the right thing to say to a 37-year-old woman. Oh my God. And I think she tried to cover it up really hard by being like, well, you have the account here with us like for the rewards. So oh like it God. saves your information. And I was like, honey, no, it's so fine. It's okay. I mean, it was coming to your house. There's no way that I looked good. <laughs> like there's, I mean, even if you look good, you still doesn't mean you look young. The I know. Good and young are not the same thing. The makeup doesn't matter. You no, still I'm are sure, the same thing. I'm sure people don't think that I'm in my 20s anymore. And, and you know, that's it's kind of fine. It doesn't mean that I look bad. It just means that I, I, nobody needs to card me anymore. And, like, that's okay. <laughs> you don't need to pretend that I look under 21 ever in, in my life. But it was, I felt more bad for her. Because as soon as she said it, I could see sort of her going, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <clears throat> But that wasn't the most embarrassing thing that happened to me recently, which was when I was taking a walk recently, I went through the Georgia Tech campus and it was a beautiful day and so many people were out and about and enjoying themselves and like all these kids are out having picnics and you know, everyone's, oh, we're vaccinated now. Hello. Yes, we are. Vaccinated, relax. I coming at you. Vaccination for allergies. Jesus. I know. I'm sorry you're suffering. I know. I'm like, oh, I just breathe. <laughs> you have your nasal passages and your uh, m- whatever your mouth passages are, <laughs> your esophageal passage. I don't oh, know how that works. Oh my God. Are you a nurse now? No, I think we just proved, in fact, I know nothing about anatomy. Do you fail anatomy? We should know more about that as actors. I'm sure we do, buried in the recesses of our information. Um, You know what I'll probably never be good at, and that's medical jargon. Oh, good thing you're going to go to medical school soon. Um, I know. My mom's like... Not medical school. No, like surgical tech. I know it's so funny. My mom's like, yeah, like if you have any questions about these like medical terms or words, like ask me. Sure, she's a nurse. She's like... But think about it. It's just memorizing a script, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember what it's spelt like. Yeah, you'll you'll <laughs> you'll be playing a part. <laughs> I can spell it. I can pronounce it. And here's my thing. You should spell it how it's supposed to spell be. Spell it how it says. Say it how it's spelled. Don't, spell it how it sounds. Yeah, don't do this to me as an Stop actor. having a, a, a silent P in shit. Or a K. 
Why would there be silent K? I don't know. So unnecessary. So I'm in the Georgia Tech campus and <laughs> I'm coming back from the walk and and it's kind of close close enough to my house now that I'm like, well maybe I'll maybe I'll like read in this hammock for a little bit here okay. that's on the campus. Oh, okay. This is where it's going. Yeah, you can already see where this is going. Oh my god. There are just so many young people around. Babies. So many baby There's teenagers babies. around. And I am this old lady, like clearly out on her exercise walk for the day. I, I look like that's what's happening. There's no question that yeah. I am an older woman out on her daily in her power exercise. Walk. You're and like walking like you're doing jazzercise. I like to think that's not what it looks like. I'm probably not even going fast enough for that to be what it looks like, honestly. <laughs> I was like. I think I know how to get into this hammock. It's not a problem. But what I didn't realize was that the hammock itself had been spun a couple times around. So it was like oh. a spring loaded machine. Oh no. I mean, Did that thing you? catapulted me onto the oh, ground. God. I, oh God. I knew that was going to happen. Oh my God. You're covering your face <laughs> with your own hair. You're so ashamed for me. Oh my God. It was pretty bad. Um, Did the children say this? I mean, there's no way tons of people could. I mean, if you were looking anywhere in my direction, there's no way you could have seen this thing flipped me like I was a pancake. Children saw this. Oh, tons of children saw it. But here's Did the thing. Did anyone laugh or help your old ass up? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. And that's the worst is when you kind of like look around and like everyone's just like averting their eyes. No but one helped the you. The thing is, I'm so old now. I'm so past what these children are or what they think or what they care about. First of all, I know the only thing they really care about is themselves. Um, well, and, 100%. You know, just this is going to be out of their minds so quickly. Also, you're welcome. I gave you probably kind of a laugh with your friends right now, laughing at the old lady who just fell out of the hammock. I'm fine. I. But also no one asked. No one asked because you're fine. No, no one approached me. I was like a pariah in society at this point. Um, It was like someone had just taken a shat on the bathroom floor. They were like, don't look at her. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't actually really know what other people's reactions were because that's what I'm trying to say is I am so old and over it that like it didn't even (sighs) register to me to be that embarrassing because I was like, look, this is a thing that happened. I didn't, it didn't happen because I'm like a loser or I'm like super (laughs) ungraceful, both of which kind of are also true, but irrelevant in the moment. This, this was a spring loaded hammock that was going to throw the next person who stepped onto it onto the floor. I just happened to not be a college student with a bunch of friends who could like laugh about it. I was an old lady taking a walk for exercise. Um, so that circumstance made it a little bit more shameful. You know what's funny is that I would just find myself hysterically laughing I did. at myself. I, I would have been laughing completely. so hard. I was like, look, the only way to play this off is to Ooh. recognize how hilarious that must have been for everyone. Yeah. Can <clears throat> you just also recognize that it's kind of hilarious for you yeah. too? So I genuinely... I would have just laughed. I laughed it. and I laughed and I cracked up laughing and I kind of righted the hammock and I gave it like a long look, kind of just laughing and laughing. And then I just was like, I'm going to leave. And I thought at least if anyone saw me and was watching me right. through the process right then, right. that was, I think, a person who handled that with a reasonable amount of dignity yeah. in my in my brain. Yeah. I looked like someone who was just like, wow, that couldn't have been more hilarious. And I guess I'm just going to go home now. Oh, well. Yeah. Whoops. No worse for the wear. 
Wait, so you didn't try again? Mm-mm. You were like one and done. Not doing it no. again. Like I said, I did kind of reroute the hammock to be better not throwing the next person who came in. Oh, that's a very betchy thing. And I thing. thought like, am I going to try this again? And I was like, wow, I I just I I think I pulled this off okay. Yeah. I really don't see those surviving a second time. Oh no, it's not going to be funny the second time. The second time it happens, you're going to be pissed. The you're going to be like cussing that I'm going to hurt out. my already bad knee and yeah. like children have to carry me away. And I was like, you know what? It's just, just let it die. It's just you crawling and cursing the hammock. Yeah, I don't need it to be that. That's what happened to me. Well, that story was a delight. What else you got? Mm, you got a bitchiest betchiest? I told oh, God, you to no. think of one. I don't know. I'm full of snot. Oh, I'm so sorry. Such um, bad allergies right now. The only exciting story that I have is that I somehow pulled my groin muscle and I have no idea how that happened. I mean, I can tell you how it happened, honey. Not anything exciting, y'all. Don't get pumped. No, I wasn't going to say that at all. I was just going to say it's because you're over 30 and you probably like picked up a cookie, you know. Like, I picked up a cookie. No. I mean, people are like, what happened to you? And you're like, I was folding laundry. I don't know. You know, your body changes. Overexerted myself when I was exercising. Exercising. I'm fine. Um, yeah. So I have to. Vodka ice. verbals. Oh, cute. Ooh. So now I have to ice myself. There, That's where I'm at. Yeah. Morgan showed up to my house and like threw me an ice pack. Was like, can you put that in the freezer? I was like, oh, is this for like facial depuffing in the morning? And you were like, no, it's for my broken groin. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ice that baby down. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, um. All right. Well, do you want to just go? Because it's your turn. Okay. Do you want to take maybe a quick break? Yeah, I okay. think we could take a quick break because ooh, before we we did this, like I went to the bathroom, and you know you're drinking a lot of alcohol and liquids because I peed straight clear. Oh, funny. Is there anything better? No, that's the best. I was going to say, I brought my poopery if you needed it at any time while I'm here visiting you. Wow, just right in front of everyone. <laughs> just just straight up say it. <laughs> we were talking about pee. I thought poop was okay. Now. I mean, poop is okay. It's a human thing. Everybody does it. But like, thanks for just like offer like, Heather, hey, if you think your shit don't stink, boy, did I bring you a present. No, oh my God, like. Let me tell you, the only reason why I'm bringing up the poopery is because my friend Caitlin bought me. She was buying poopery for herself, and it came in a two for one. <laughs> <laughs> oh so my god, just, it's like a love it and leave it. So oh my she god, just like gave it to me, and I'm like, I that is I the don't know what to thing. say to that gift. Thank, Thank you. It was question so mark. It was really funny because we had a whole discussion about it because I was like, oh, I wonder if that stuff works. And she just bought it and was like, hey, it was like a two for one deal. Here you go. I got to say, when I walk into someone's bathroom and they are just bold enough to have a squatty potty and poopery, I'm like, you're a human. I get it. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Absolutely. So poopery, everyone. <laughs> We're not sponsored by poopery. <laughs> All right, you go first this week. Let me tell you a this story. <laughs> you go first this quarter of a year. <laughs> I'll let you go this month. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so let me get pulled up because I clearly had it and then I lost it. That's what I do. Um, anyway, since March, we were supposed to record last Jesus. time. Um, it was Ladies Supporting Ladies Month. So I wanted to talk about um, the friendship between Ella Fitzgerald and Marilyn Monroe. 
my God, that's adorable. Yeah. So not really any lady in particular, just a beautiful, lovely friendship between two women. I, I know. Get your tissues ready. Get them right now. Get a snot rag ready for me. It's lovely. <laughs> so Ella is performing on the Chitlin circuit at the time, which is pretty much um, a vaudeville act um, for people of color. And they can perform on. So in Atlanta, Georgia, one of the nightclubs on the Chitlin circuit was the Royal Peacock. Originally, back then it was called the Top Hat. Is it still, do you know, like what building it is now or? Um, no, it's, uh, I don't know if it's still, originally it was the Top Hat when they performed there. Um, but it got switched over to the Royal Peacock. I don't know if the Royal Peacock is still open. ring a bell, but I mean, if it's called the Royal Peacock, I can't imagine it's a place that I'm spending a lot of time it's probably not. You know, I'm a dive more. bar girl. Yeah. It probably is a bar now. I would love to look it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we can go there. Oh, my God. Fun. We can go places oh now. we vaccinated. That's right. We're taken care of. Okay. And then you have the Macombo, which is a place where more well-known people like Frank Sinatra debuted in the 40s. Um, and the Macombo, it was a nightclub in West Hollywood, California. Some famous stars that went to the Macombo was. Oh my God, I love the name so much. It I makes know. Me dance and like. I know. I want to see that wallpaper. That's Don't like you immediately cream. see like Lucy, you know, Ball, like her and her husband, like performing and doing a little skit comedy oh show God, there that, too. Oh, can you imagine? It'd be I also perfect. think they have that wallpaper that's like cream color, but like with big giant um, palm, trees? palm trees on yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I see it with you. I girl. would have that in a bathroom in a heartbeat. Yeah. So, um, few famous people that went to the Macombo was Landon Turner, Charlie Chaplin, and of course, gorgeous Cary Grant. Um, it was a place to be and perform if you were privileged enough because... Do you mean white? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so anyway, uh, however, at the Macombo, they would not allow Ella Fitzgerald to perform because she was just too black and too chubby. <gasps> mm-hmm. Both things... Hurt. I know. Not only are we going to attack your skin color, we're going to attack the fact that, you know what? Even if you were black, we might let you perform if you were skinny enough or like hot. Oh my God. You know? I feel ill. I know. Anyway. So meanwhile, Marilyn Monroe. Meaning if Billie Holiday wanted to be here, maybe we'd let her. But mm, mm. you're too dark. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So anyway, Marilyn Monroe is facing her own struggles at the time. Um, She's wanting... She's trying to transition in her acting career. She wants to be taken more serious rather than the dumb blonde roles that she's always given. Um, So I recognize that I think Billie Holiday was definitely dead by this time. So I wasn't, you know, making a very fair comparison. But. Oh, no. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. It's the 60s. I I understand. I I know (laughs) what decade we're in. I promise. So her voice coach, Marilyn Monroe's voice coach, um, says that if she actually wants to learn how to stick, like how to sing, she needs to buy Ella Fitzgerald's album. Marilyn Monroe becomes obsessed. She literally listens listens to like Ella Ella Fitzgerald's album like on repeat. She yeah, can't get enough just, of it. This is me at fifteen. Yeah, loves it. Becomes obsessed. So Marilyn Monroe, she ends up calling them a combo, and tells them if they will allow Ella Fitzgerald to perform, that she will show up and sit in the front row every single night that Ella performs. And I think that's beautiful. It makes me kind of I know. Cry. I I teared up just a little <laughs> bit, like, but I was just oh no. I'm my cry. Uh, so just really like stories of women supporting women, especially 
women who are in a position of power and privilege it can help and they recognize their privilege and they say i'm i you know and, and and i know that there's a very fine line here between um supporting people and having this white savior complex and right. i recognize that that's a very tricky situation as well right but whatever position of power that you have whatever platform you have that you can use to mm. help other people uh, I, I don't see negatives in that, although, you know, there yeah. could be very many arguments that kind of proved me wrong on that front. But um, from from my knowledge and my current experience, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's so beautiful because we're just hearing about I'm it always just only a little bit crying. Yeah, just a little bit. So but she said now, you know, I will sit in the front row every night. And not only that, I'll also give you permission to take as many pictures and photos that you want to of me while I'm there. Um, so the Macambo agrees and immediately calls Ella. And this is completely confusing to her because a number one, they just told her, you know what? You don't quite fit the mold. I love you so much that you say things like a number one. A number one. This is A A A slash number one. This is Hear Paul, me out. Paul Reiser's whole big thing. Cause I, I think I've told you recently, like we went and watched all of old Mad About You and then watched the recent iteration of Mad About You from like 2019. It's all very yeah. whatever. It's 90s and not 90s and fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, but Paul Reiser's big thing, like not just on Mad About You, but even as a comedian, was he would say, um, A xyz blah 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 and two xyz blah 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 yeah and it's very funny and yeah. you just kind of did the same thing and it like really warmed my heart that you were like a number one <laughs> let me break it down um uh, i'm here oh, you're so, so cute you're cute little pjs i'm so glad you're here i'm so happy to be here <laughs> drunk uh, um so anyway burp, burp, burp. And oh, so anyway, they ended up explaining to her because she was confused. She actually did question them. And they said, well, Marilyn Monroe made a phone call for her and said that she wanted to see her perform. So in 1955, Ella shows up at the Macombo to perform. And as promised, Marilyn Monroe, as she said, she sits in the front row every single night and she continues to show up and watch Ella perform. And then one night after Ella's performance, Marilyn goes backstage. The two ladies bonded, talking about their childhood, their marriages, and how they were both not taking serious in their industry. Um, up until Marilyn Monroe passed away, they stayed friends. Ella says, I owe Marilyn Monroe a great debt. After, they, after she personally called the managers at the Macombo room and allowed me to play there, I was never, ever again in my life, relegated to a small club. She says Marilyn was extraordinary and ahead of her time. So I got all this beautiful, lovely information um, from Drunk History. And Who played them in Drunk History? Oh, gosh. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. She was the lead in Precious. She played Ella Fitzgerald. God, I can't remember her name either. Um, and I don't remember who played Marilyn either, which was bad. But... I just love that story because I had no idea and I really love that what you were talking about earlier was like using, knowing that you're in a certain um, position that you can help others and seeing that and realizing like, hey, this girl 
has a beautiful and great voice. This needs to be heard by everyone and she should not be held back because of the color of her skin or because someone deems them not attractive because they're too chubby. That's just insane. Like you're talented regardless. Like the outside does not change the inside of who you are as a person and the gifts that you have to give to everyone around she you. She deserved to occupy these spaces, you know, and what's, what's really unfortunate about this is that, um, I mean, to some, to some extent, it's kind of a tragic story in the sense that her talent and her amazing ability weren't enough to afford her this opportunity that she so rightfully deserved that it took a beautiful, famous, successful white woman to show to up in this door for her because mm-hmm. that was the only, you know, that's what the the white men in power responded to. And and not only did she, you know, did Marilyn Monroe have to say, you know, I specifically as a person of privilege and power, I want this to happen. But not only that is that I will provide, I will offer myself up as monetization for your the compensation that you, you know, deigned to allow this woman to perform like she had to literally like offer herself up for you know she had to give them a financial opportunity to take photos of her and share not just the financial opportunity of hey i recommend you hire this woman of color because she is so outrageously talented that you will for sure draw a crowd that will give you money that wasn't enough of a promise for these men in power. What Marilyn Monroe needed to do was say, I will capitalize on my own financial power of just my presence being a commodity. Yeah. I will put that on the the auction block for you to give this other woman a chance. The whole system is so fucked up yeah, by men. And, it yeah. is bananas. And can you just imagine like, Anytime, like, of course, like during the night, Marilyn Monroe would probably just at some point's time, like, I just want to enjoy the show. And they'll be like, oh, no, I remember you said you have right. to do what you said you do. So, like, yeah, we but that, that she did owners. that willingly. The fact that she had to do it was gross, but the fact that she was willing to do it is admirable. Absolutely. And I just love their friendship because it's so beautiful to me. Just be like, I want to see her. Like, I want to talk to her. Um, and just kind of be like, hey, we kind of come from like, Similar, like I believe that Ella Fitzgerald was also an orphan, like Marilyn Monroe. Mm. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, I didn't really know that. I I don't know much about either of those women's personal lives. To oh, be honest. you um, I'm sure there's a documentary on Ella Fitzgerald. Everything I know is sort of fictionalized. You should watch. Um, it's a great documentary. It's called Love Marilyn. It's really good. Mm. They have a couple of actors that talk, and it just like you end up getting to hear her journal. Um, and just, you don't think really that's kind of a violation of privacy? Yeah, it's sad. I cried. I cried. I don't when I think it. I would want anyone reading anything I had written down privately, regardless of how famous I ever became. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not becoming famous. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you get famous by playing like the second nurse on the resident, mm-hmm. except I haven't even booked that. Listen, I, I loved you in famously publishing. haunted people. Famously afraid. At least get it right. <laughs> <laughs> it was my big break. You can at least know the it name. It was on it. the Travel Channel, and I'm here for it. I loved if it. You go look up my IMDb page. You'll be like, I, I, I don't understand. Cartoons have more credits than this. Oh my god! Stop Animals it. have more credits than this. Stop it. I loved that. That was lovely. Isn't that sweet? And that was perfect for March. Oh man. I know. Well, maybe I don't have such a dramatic life, and then we can perform more. Often. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's me, y'all. It's me. 
No, we all have life and it's hard and it sucks. And sometimes you just, sometimes it's okay to take a step back from, from what you deem to be your obligations and your responsibilities. And you have to kind of put your own mental health first and you have to prioritize the things that seem um, like they're going to, they're going to make the biggest difference in your life. Absolutely. And if you know, you're all you've got and you need to take care of you. And you recognized a situation that needed to change. And Absolutely. You took control of the environment that you were surrounded in. And I'm glad that you are yeah. in a place now that feels comfortable and Absolutely. familiar and peaceful. And just from the hellacious year that was 2020, I. When hellacious. You, great Scrabble word. <laughs> <laughs> just hitting with all kind of tidbits over here. Um, you know, just dealing with that year, I definitely want 2020. 21 to be a year where I focus more about surrounding myself with light and also being careful about what you allow into your life. It's so important just after we all made it through a very dark and crazy time. Yeah. It's, I think, I think people have really been able to, um, evaluate their priorities and kind of distill life down to the things that matter a little bit more. Um, the things that are important you know, in the long run, the things that are important to you personally, the things that we recognize maybe are or aren't important to um, our, our friends, loved ones surround, yeah. you know, the, the environment we surround ourselves with. And and I think that, you know, this this facade that we all put up and this curated life of, of Facebook and Instagram and and these these personas that we put on before this armor that we put on before we we go outside and we we meet the world i think a lot of that has been chipped away this year and we've yeah. all just said aren't we tired of doing this can't we all just admit that life is hard mm-hmm. we're tired we're all ugly like <laughs> and we all should wear potato sack dresses we're all <laughs> upset we're all mad and can't you just give us a break and let the potato sack dress be be in the 2021 choice of fashion. I'm telling you I just I'm like really here for the fashion that's come out it's like listen let's all not act like we weren't sitting on the couch eating a whole bag of Tostitos and salsa you know like here's the clothes for you everyone yeah what was your um ooh like thinking back over quarantine now that we're we're really like starting to come out of it is like the vaccine becomes uh, the norm um what would you look back and say would be like the snack that got you through. Well, I have a very disgusting drink that got me through that Ew, I know. Gross. What that do you mean? <laughs> Excellent. Let's hear this. <laughs> so there was a time where like everybody, because everybody's either baking their own bread and stuff like this and that. Well, then everybody was like putting out their own like quarantini. And so uh, for me, I'd seen this a couple of times and I decided to make it and I ended up making it a lot. And that is a Pedialyte Sangria. Oh my God. <laughs> I was obsessed because, you know, we, were we all- have to break up. <laughs> Listen, hear me out. It solves all your problems. You won't get a hangover if you have a Pedialyte Sangria. So you also won't finish the sangria because it's disgusting. No, I'm here for it. Listen, to get some. Great Pedialyte, it gets you some red wine, and you mix it together, add a little sparkling um, water in there for the bubbles of a sangria, and then I did like a little bit of a packet of Truvia. You can stop talking. And, no one's following this recipe. And, you know, of, do some this, ice. This devil's drink. And put you some lemon in like 
orange lime slices in there. And you've got a beautiful concoction. No hangovers. You're welcome, everyone. And you're hydrated. I'm so embarrassed to be your friend right now. Listen, (laughs) my roommate was like, are you okay? Like, she's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be concerned about you. The fact that you're drinking a Pedialyte sangria. That is horrifying. (laughs) I'm very upset by that. It's the best. Oh, in fact, I think I'm going to need to have a beer to like wash the, <laughs> the, the, the even imagined flavor of Pedialyte sangria from my brain. I'm just going to scrub that shit Make right it. away. Make it. Absolutely not. Cool. I just looked up who my bitch was and remembered. I love how when we, when we come back from a break, you get on here like your news anchor woman. Oh, do and I? So- do I have a more yeah. professional yeah, demeanor after back, I had a break? You come back so professional. I do like it. Oh, I'm such a professional. Don't you want to hire me? Uh, always. Who's not hiring you? Everyone. Everyone's Stop not it. hiring me. No one hires me. Give me their me. names and numbers. I mean, I will. I just really don't think it will help. <laughs> I'm having a Bamamosa bam now. Bamamosa. <laughs> Bamamosa. And I'm having a little wild thing. Yours it's is a Sierra re- Nevada, is that right? Yeah, Sierra Nevada, and, and it's a raspberry sour. Back forty, gotcha. Um, I'm a big fan, big fan. I'm loving it. Oh, nice. All right, so I've got today. Um, my research is from Wikipedia, the New England Historical Society, the Curse of Beauty, the scandalous and tragic life of Audrey Munson, America's first supermodel, by James Bone. Oh my gosh, we're doing a supermodel story. That's right. Amer- well, kind of. This is um. It's well. Let's let's get into it. My this eyes is, are big. I'm this excited. This is Audrey Marie Munson. She was an American artist's model and actress. She was considered America's first supermodel, like I said. She was the model and inspiration for more than a dozen statues in New York City and many others around the world. If you're looking at a random statue around the world of a naked woman, odds are it's Audrey Munson. Audrey Munson. I always thought the original uh, supermodel was that woman who was like on top model, not not, um, Tyra Banks, but... Honey, we're talking literally different like centuries here. Oh. This is a this is a, you know, coined catchphrase about the fact that this woman was widely regarded as like the epitome of beauty and sort of like the she was the model for all of these beautiful sculptures. Right. And so she's kind of pegged as the first quote unquote supermodel. Uh, it's not really the not thing that you're thinking of. It's more. Being, I was like, but it's wait. It's a cute headline. More <laughs> I'm like, than anything. I can tell you the first. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, ooh, so this is a direct quote um, from, yeah, from the Rit- Richmond, Virginia Times bispa- Dispatch from August 1st, 1915. Long after she and everyone else of this generation shall have become dust, Audrey Munson, who posed for three-fifths of all the statuaries of the Panama Pacific Exposition, will live in the bronzes and canvases of the art centers of the world. I gotta Google this woman now. Listen first. No, you can Google while you listen. That's actually I'm a, a I'm good a call. Picture. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna die. So Audrey Marie Munson was born in Rochester, New York, on June eighth, eighteen ninety one, to Edgar Munson and Catherine Mahaney. When Audrey was just five years old, her mother took her to have her fortune told in East Syracuse, New York. Uh, Gypsy Queen Eliza told her, "Do you love this already? I know you love a gypsy story. I love a gypsy story. Also, mm. I care for these photos. Yeah, it's beautiful." 
We'll it post, makes we'll so post much these sense. on Instagram. I'll do the same thing like I did with um, Alice DeJans, who was the inspiration for like every you know 1920s artist of like Picasso and and blah blah blah. All those people who hung <laughs> out at that one cafe that everything was famous for in Paris. Yeah. Um. You know, we posted all of those pictures of Alice DeJans. Um. This is going to be sort of almost a precursor to that <clears throat> of Audrey Munson of just being like immortalized in statues around the world. Um. So the Gypsy Queen Eliza, oh, it's so good. Although I know you're really not supposed to say Gypsy anymore. It's supposed to be either Romany or Traveler. Um, so, but the the Queen Eliza told her, "You shall be beloved and famous, but when you think that happiness is yours, its dead sea fruit shall turn to ashes in your mouth." Stop it! Is that the scariest thing you've ever heard in your life? And I'm also excited. <laughs> Her parents divorced when she was eight, and Audrey and her mother moved to New York City in 1909, where the 17-year-old Audrey sought a career as an actress and a chorus girl. She landed small gigs in several Broadway shows, and while window shopping on Fifth Avenue while with her mother, she was spotted by photographer Felix Benedict Herzog. He's quite famous. Um, this is so out of a book, right? Like, you're shopping on Fifth Avenue, and someone's like, that girl for my movie. You know, it's like... It sounds made up, but I, I guess the reason is, it sounds made up is because it happened to someone and someone told the story. See, I love stories like this, and I guess this is why maybe for me, I've always like wanted to go back in time because I'm like, everything seems so dreamlike. And then if you were to go back, it's just a horrible, horrible time. It's, yeah, but like we said last episode, you'll if you go back in time, you're going to marry crazy rich. You're going to be taken care of. You are... A fucking prize piece oh to God, be had, lady. Thank you. Thank you. You would absolutely have nabbed yourself a rich banker. But again, as I said last episode, that man would inevitably be involved in some kind of scandal that would leave him penniless, and you would be. I don't know what you would be. A madam? I've done said it, and I'll keep saying it. I am would have been a madam. I 100% feel this. Business owner. Business owner, lady. I know I can't do much with what I can do, but I'm an entrepreneur, and I know the best thing I could do at the time in the Wawa West is to run a whorehouse is to just give people an opportunity yeah. to, um, you know, it's a, it's a matchmaking situation. Sex work is legitimate work. And if you choose to have that be your course, I know that a lot of women back in these days did not have yeah. so many choices, but at least you would have provided a place for them to be cared for. Absolutely. I believe that to be true. And I would have been, cause I would have been the, the big mama. I'd be like worrying about all my girls. Like I would not be heartless. I'm reading a book right now that has this character that like is you that feel like it's me <laughs> and I like kind of am picturing you but British. Ooh, a oh, a British you! Uh, I know. I was just thinking about in the Wild Wild West, but now you a know, British you. Oh, but like a Victorian. God, would you like me better if I was British? No. It's okay to say yes. I I, I get it. Would you have me any other way? <laughs> I I gotta say, Victorian British you. Fun. That sounds like someone I want to meet. I know. I want to meet her. Yeah. Who is she? Is she flaw flawless? No, she's you. She's just Victorian and British. I know, but I'm just like thinking out loud. Her boobs look fantastic uh, in that corset. Her boobs are not floppy bunny ears. They sit up tight and they're perky and they look great. Oh my God. We were talking earlier about things you can hide underneath our boobs now and it's like... A whole what did she say on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? A paperback copy <laughs> of Arabian of Nights. Wuthering Heights? Right. <laughs> paperback Arabian Nights, hardback Wuthering Heights. Yeah. Right there under my um, boobs. A tin pack of pencils, a stapler. 
Boy, I tell you, they look great in a push-up <laughs> these days, though. Oh, my gosh. They fill out so nicely. And I will say they do look great in a push-up bra. But, man, when you take them off. Mm. Boy. They pandemic go anywhere. Boobs. Pandemic boobs. Pandemic boobs. I got these pandemic, pandemic boobs. Um, okay, so <laughs> Audrey is, uh, she's shopping on Fifth Avenue and a man is like, that girl for my movie, but it's not movies yet. So he says, will you come pose for me at my studio? But pose. it actually ends up being legitimate and he does not sexually abuse her, her, which is, you know, that's top Good notch. Good deal. So Herzog, intro- I'm guessing he's gay. Um, not. To- oh my God. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. He's like, uh, it's 19... 19- 17 or something she's like it's 1909 and he doesn't want to he's like an interesting man who wants to like photograph beautiful women he's an artiste it's it's new york city i'm guessing this man is not heterosexual he's not into it um so he introduces us to her, her friend to his friends in the art world. She begins to pose for all these well-known visual artists, painters illustrators photographers but she predominantly works as a sculptor's model her first acknowledged credit is Comte's marble statuary called Three Graces. It was unveiled at the Hotel Astor in Times Square in September of 1909. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. God, that Bamamosa. Bamamosa. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that song stuck in my head clearly. Go make... listen to Heavy Boobs by Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Whenever we get the recording, I kind of want to watch a couple more of those. those great. great. I mean, we should maybe just put an episode on so you can see how absolutely delightful it is i watched it again all the way through recently handles issues so well inclusivity mental illness it's such great like musical genre parody it's absolutely brilliant highbrow but also kind of lowbrow entertainment because what was your favorite song um oh what's the one where he was like we did it here (laughs) what was it i tap that tap that ass all over this house house. (laughs) <laughs> also, I gave you a UTI. Yeah, oh, it's man. brilliant. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And then heavy boobs. Heavy boobs. Um, so she's got some heavy boobs. People like to sculpt them. Heavy boobs of Audrey's. She <laughs> becomes uh, the model of choice for the first tier of American sculptors. She posed for a long list of statuaries, monuments, architectural sculptures, like stuff that you see on um, buildings with yeah. like beautiful women carved into them. That's her. Um, state capitals, public buildings. She is all over the place. According to the, to the Sun newspaper in 1913, over 100 artists agree that if the name of Miss Manhattan belongs to anyone in particular, it is to this young woman. Aww. Audrey Munson, Miss Manhattan. Okay, girl. By 1915, she was so well-established that she became Alexander Sterling Caldler's model of choice when he became the director of sculpture for the Panama Pacific International Exposition held in San Francisco that that year. Kind of like if you think That's about very the long. world. <laughs> very long title. Kind of like if you think about the, um, oh, what are the things called? Not the World Cup. That's not what I'm talking about. The World's Fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that, but before that was established. It's the Panama Pacific International Exposition. Uh, Her figure was 90 times repeated against the sky in one building alone. Oh, my God. She posed for three-fifths of the sculptures created for the event. Wow. And earned the name Panama Pacific Girl. She's everywhere. We see her all the time. We don't even know it. 
You have seen this woman's naked figure and you don't even know. I know, know. I was just looking at those pictures. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what we're talking about. A statue of her presides over Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in Concord, Massachusetts. She holds a Bible as an as Evangeline in the Longfellow Memorial in Cambridge, Massachusetts. She is in mass circulation for decades as the model for uh, the Walking Liberty Half Dollar. She appears atop the municipal building at the entrance to the Manhattan Bridge on the Pulitzer Fountain, in front of the plaza. I mean, the list is endless. So her newfound celebrity helps launch her career in the film industry, and she stars in four silent films. Uh, In the first, called Inspiration in 1915, she appears fully nude in the story of a sculptor's model. And the censors were kind of reluctant to ban this film, fearing they would also have to ban then Renaissance art. Because if you're telling a story that reflects, you know, this is art, it's an artist model, this is him sculpting her, we revere that. And if you negate that property, then you're negating this whole other realm of Renaissance art that we think is like, you know, godly almost. It uh, it almost seems that way to me. They hired a lookalike named Jane Thomas to do her, her acting scenes. But she, I, I actually, I would flip this. I, I would say that Jane Thomas was hired as this role and that Audrey Munson was hired to play her nude double. That's how oh, I would put it. That's not how I read it in this article, though. Um, so uh, her her appearance, though, in Inspiration is sometimes said to be the first occasion of an American actress appearing nude in a non-pornographic film. Interesting. Munson's second film called Purity in 1916 made the American film company, um, uh, sorry, made by the American film company. It's the only one of her films to survive. So you can't find any of the other footage of her stuff. It was rediscovered in 1993 in a pornography, quote unquote, collection in France. So interesting, right? Like some of these like old vaults of like ancient porn. They're like, oh yeah, (laughs) I have this, this film called, uh, called Purity, Looks like oh Audrey God. Munson, the world's most famous sculptor model, is in that. You want to see her nudes? You want to see her nude? Um, it was required by the French National Cinema Archive. Mm. Archive de Cinema. Oh, my God. You almost spit your beer out. Heather just pulled out her Duolingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I didn't quit when it got hard. I'm working on you tell commands everyone. and present tenses right now. It's okay. I got angry last night when I was laying in... On the air mattress, I was doing a little Duolingo, and I got mad because I lost some hearts. And they're like, mm, you got to start over again. I'm like, nope, no, fuck you. No, I'm going to bed. I'm fuck you. you. <laughs> I am drunk. It is Cinco de Mayo. I have six margaritas. I thought, I thought I could speak Spanish now. That no. doesn't it's not doesn't correlate. No, margaritas doesn't. doesn't equal speaking it Spanish. It doesn't mean I can. Unfortunately. So Audrey returns to the East Coast in December of 1916. She begins dating a rich man. Uh, and some accounts... <laughs> yeah, she does. In some accounts, her mother insists that she marry the son of a silver heir named Herman Ulrichs Jr. Oh, he sounds like a drag. Yeah, but at that like, time though, the he richest, sounds like money. You're right. He's the richest bachelor in America. Girl, get on it. <laughs> There's no actual official record of this though. So, um, in January of 1919, Audrey writes this rambling letter to the U.S. State Department. Uh-huh. denouncing this man that she was supposed to marry yeah. as a pro-German influence, uh-huh. uh, says he has driven her out of the movie business. And honestly, 
I don't doubt that there's part of that that, that is fucking true. Mm-hmm. This smacks of like patriarchy, like Har- Harvey Weinstein nonsense to me. Really? Like this like Nazi sympathizing asshole who had controlling interest in the in the silent film industry or the talkies or I don't know what. What do you call them? Yeah. So sorry. So so World War II, World War II's two two situation, yeah. right? So, so this man has uh, you know German influences and German connections, and he is uh, holding interest in the movie industry. She doesn't want to suck his dick anymore, so he like blackballs her, uh, and and she wants to tell him. She's like, hey, this guy is a fucking German sympathizer. It's World War One. We're we're in. Yeah. What is that called? The um the Kaiser? No, sorry, that's still word. Well, I don't know that much about World War One. Nobody does. They don't write as many books, movies, or documentaries about it. It's always about World War Two. I mean, they did make that movie nineteen seventeen. I still haven't seen that. Or was it nineteen eighteen? No, it's nineteen seventeen. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I won Jeopardy with 19? that recently at home. It's always the best when I beat Johnny and Jeopardy. Oh, he's so smart. He will fight you. Yeah, he's so <laughs> smart. So when I get something before him, I feel like a million bucks. Um, so in yeah, so she, um, this guy kind of drives her out of the industry. I don't doubt that she's right about that, and he's a dick. She says she plans to abandon the United States and restart her movie career in England. Ah, oh, what a dream. Just that you get the opportunity to start over. I say this and I'll keep saying this. One day I will live in another country. I believe it. Where? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Hmm. I believe it. 100%. I keep saying it. I'm putting it in the universe. I'm going to just going to go with that. Yeah. Well, somehow you seem to have this weird thing about like if you haven't done every single part of your life by like 31 that you aren't going to do it. And I just want to. I'm here to tell you and anyone else who is your age. Incorrect. (laughs) Life is so Long. Well, it's ever changing. Life is either really long or really short. Depends on how yeah, you look on I, it. I gotta say, I'm thirty. I'll be thirty-eight in July, and it feels long. It's taking forever. <laughs> I didn't even ask to be here, and now I have to pay bills and rent and look hot until I die. It's a lot of pressure. And Jane Fonda is setting unattainable goals that I can't measure up to. I'm kind of mad about it. Yeah, I can dress like Jane Fonda when I'm old, and um, but I just, I don't see my skin being that bouncy. And that's why we'll look like Lily Tomlin, and we'll wear cute... What do you mean? Lily Tomlin still looks amazing. No, I'm I meant style. I'm, I'm going to look like style. a reanimated corpse. Like, Jane Fonda can still wear skinny jeans. I'm not going to no, do that what style. I want, what, what I identify with most when I watch Grace and Frankie is when Jane Fonda is sitting on her beautiful, that beautiful yeah. um, deck on the, on the beach, right? Yeah. And she is wearing, like, loose fitting linen pants and has herself like literally wrapped in a cashmere blanket, yeah. but it's a, it's an outfit. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. See, I'm going to look on the flip side. I'm going to be really rocking the potato sack dress hard, but times 10 and I'm going to have Frankie style. You're going to have like 16 scarves, a potato sack dress, like 75 rings. I'm going to be a, like a hippie. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You, that's funny. You would, you would honestly think the opposite would be the case. I know. You would think I would be the one like <laughs> draped in fabric and rings and jewelry and shit. And you would be the one who was just like rocking like a cashmere wrap. But it can happen. You actually are, are more of a fashion icon than me. I oh want God, to wear you. a blanket and pretend it's clothes. And you will take 
a bit more effort than that. And I thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Not that I don't think that Jane Fonda looks incredible in her cashmere wraps, but I can see how Grace's outfits have a bit more um, thought put into them. Yeah. I'm sorry. Frankie's outfits. Yeah. There's a bit more eclectic energy there. Yeah. And I see myself being the cool, weird, eclectic. Well, like we've said a million times over stolen from April Richards and Millie DeCherico. Yeah. Who now has her own podcast called, um, I saw what you did. Yeah. Um, on the exactly right network. So Millie has, has branched out from her, you know, kind of, quote unquote famous bestie yeah. and become her own podcaster and I just April. really love that. Oh, April moved to England to be with her like legitimately rock star husband. Her English, she went to England to visit. So, yeah, did you not know about this? April Richardson, one of my favorite podcasters <laughs> I'm like and comedians. I'm myself with my beer. Oh, 100%. She was 40 years old, talked all the time about how she was just like, nope, no boys, no dating. It's not working out for me. It's not going to happen. She went to England on some trip. She met legitimately, I can't remember what band he's from, but he's from this very famous kind of 80s, 90s, like punk synth rock band. And he is uber hot. They fell in love. She like sold all of her shit in LA. She moved out to England to be with him and they live this like idyllic life. She's like in the English countryside. He has two kids from a previous marriage, I think, or or maybe it's just one. She's like living like the cool stepmom life. She's living your dream out, Morgan. I know. I'm literally like having to cool myself because I'm like, this is what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for her. Oh, wow. I felt so honored by the fact that like I wrote her a message just to like, she had that, she has an open line just like we do. You can write to us at any time and you can write to her at any time. And she's like, I wrote to her and I was like, I just need you to know that like, um, uh, what's, what was her pod? What was her podcast called? Uh, go Bayside, go Bayside. Kind of saved my life in some respects. Like I was in such a dark place, kind of when I started to listen to my favorite murder and go Bayside and really become like a podcast listener. And they had the podcast sort of details. That's what I know her. Yes, exactly. Because after Go Bayside, because I listened to Go Bayside years after it came out, and um, just kind of caught myself up on it. And then she and Millie started sort of details. Um, and I wrote April a message and was just like, I just want you to know how really important and 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 helpful this was for me to have this to listen to. Aww. And she wrote back and she was like, girl, like, I know how hard move, moving can be. Like, Atlanta's a great town. She's from here. She's like, I'm so glad you're finding your, your like, groove there. She was so sweet. And I couldn't believe that she responded back. Oh, that's so nice. And so I just, I love April. I love Millie. I need to follow them both now that we're talking about this. Yeah. So Millie DeCherico, she's got her own podcast now, which is super cool. Um, God, I can't even remember why we were talking about them. What brought them up? That is interesting. Um, Millie's got this new podcast called I Know What You Did. I, wow, Wait, I cannot we're not remember about, what we were talking about. We were talking about, about British men because she right. had a British man. Uh. Yeah, I, I think that must have been what it Yeah, she moved to, yeah, she, movie career in England. <laughs> wow, that was a whoa really big tangent. That was like way off mm-hmm. out in the field beyond. That was bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she, so Audrey goes to to uh, England to restart her movie career. Good move, lady. Um, she but by 1919 she's living with her mother in a boarding house in Manhattan. Ew. It's owned by Doctor Walter Wilkins. What happened? Ew. Wilkins falls in love with Audrey 
And on February 27th, murders his wife, Julia, mm. by beating her with a hammer I'm and sorry. a lead pipe so he could be available to marry Audrey. What happened to Audrey's first man? Nothing. She didn't have a British man. That's April. Oh, well, I created a whole another story. No, no. That's not what's going on. She had the German man who fucked her over, so she moved oh, out of America. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, boy. Um, ew, this is bad. Uh, Audrey and her mom leave New York. The police seek them out for questioning. Okay. After a nationwide hunt, they're finally located. Uh, they refuse to return to New York, but they are questioned by agents from a detective agency. The contents of these affidavits have never been released. But Audrey strongly denies that she had any romantic relationship with Dr. Wilkins, um, which is entirely possible. This guy could have become obsessed with this young girl that lived in his boarding house, you know, developed whatever kind of feelings and like, like disassociation he had about whatever they had going on between them and then murdered his wife so he could be with her. I don't think that you murder your wife because something happened. I think you murder your wife because you're a murdering son of a bitch. Right. And I, I don't think, think that Audrey has much to do with this. No, but I mean, usually affairs are involved. Audrey may have had information that would have led more to the conclusion to be really secure in the case about him murdering his wife motive opportunity right. maybe audrey has but, you know oh yeah he mentioned that he wanted to kill her that if only she was out of the picture all those things that could strengthen the uh the right. opposition's but case the prosecution's case think that maybe they like hooked up one time and then he's like oh my god like this is a girl for me i don't think it matters i still think that that has nothing to do with murdering your wife oh no 100 percent. i'm just saying like Maybe, maybe Audrey didn't there want to admit to that she had had an actual him in a way. I don't. That's what I'm saying is I don't think it's necessarily one or the other. Okay. I think this man, whether he fucked Audrey, whether he didn't, whether she had a relationship, well, with no him, one should die over it. Whether obviously. he was obsessed with her or not, I don't think had any bearing on the fact that this man no. was in love with this woman, Audrey, obsessed with her, and wanted his wife out of the picture. Whether Audrey succumbed to his advances or not. Um, this man killed his wife. Regardless, 100%. And I, I do agree that at the end of the day, like you clearly have some murdery tendencies. Yes, I don't think that, it's not like, oh, oh. this devil woman brought it out of him. No, this is a murdering motherfucker. <laughs> it's jazz music. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. the jazz. It's the that devil's That is exactly music. right. It's not like, oh, uh, you know, this picture that people want to portray, this patriarchal image of these women who are such, you know, sirens, such desirable entities that they drive men wild. That is such utter bullshit. It and is. the fact it that is. there was any emphasis on Audrey at all during yeah. the trial of this man who murdered his wife doesn't matter why. Doesn't matter what he was going through or who he was fucking. This man murdered his wife. Absolutely. And that's all that should have been discussed. But. But detectives are like, why might he done it? Was it because this woman maybe blah, blah, blah? Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolute yeah. nonsense. Mm -hmm. So um, she denies she had any in, any relationship with him. He's tried. He's found guilty. He's sentenced to the electric chair, but he hanged himself in his prison cell before the sentence what? could be carried out. That's right. This story's wild, right? 
The Wilkins killing marked the end of Munson's 10-year modeling career. Oh, big shocker. Wow, a scandal revolving around a uh, sexual, young, vibrant woman. Uh, it really has nothing to do with her, but actually involves a man who's a psycho. Ends the woman's career. Oh, my God. Shocker. I've never heard this story before in my life. Uh, ooh, my blood is boiling. This makes me think of a similar story. Whew. So um, she becomes, she's now supported by her mother. Her mother sells kitchen utensils door to door. How many stories do I tell where these beautiful, amazing, incredible, talented, fascinating women end up dying penniless? And selling utensils. In November 1920, um, Audrey is said to be working as a ticket taker in a dime museum. In the summer of 21, she conducts a nationwide search carried out by the United Press for the perfect man to marry. I'm sorry? Yeah, I know. It's a little sad. She ends the search in August. Um, that's not very long. Claiming so she never marries, period. She ends this nationwide search in August. She claims she never wanted to marry anyway. Oh, no. I know. It gets worse. In October of 1921, she's arrested in a movie theater in St. Louis while appearing alongside of her film, Purity. She is enacting a, quote unquote, series of new poses from famous paintings. So basically, this film, Purity, that she did where she's nude, she's kind of appearing nude alongside the movie where she appears nude. Oh, no. This violates morality laws of the time. So she's arrested. Um, she's trying to fucking make money. She's acquitted, but weeks later, she's back there appearing in St. Louis alongside screenings of her, you know, sort of, uh, quote unquote, borderline pornographic film, Purity. Ooh, uh, and, oh God, I forgot how dark this gets. Sorry, I told Heather, you I had a light one. Heavy. I was wrong. It's been long enough that I didn't remember I'm how the story now. went. <laughs> on May 27th of 1922, she attempts suicide by swallowing mercury. Mercury. That is terrifying. That shit that's inside your thermometer. In 1931, this is nine years later, her mother petitions a judge to commit Audrey to a lunatic asylum. She was ordered to be admitted. I'm reading this like it's the first time. She was ordered to be admitted into a psychiatric facility for treatment. She remains in the St. Lawrence State Hospital for the Insane. She's treated for depression and schizophrenia for 65 years. Wow. I I fully, this is wow. kind of why I didn't go look up who I had researched because I didn't remember. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to be fascinated by this story. And I am, I'm gripped because for decades, she had no visitors at the asylum, but she's rediscovered by her half niece, Darlene Bradley in 1984 she is 93 years old. Damn. She dies at the age of 104. She's cremated and her ashes are buried in the Munson family plot in New Haven Cemetery. I think probably in Massachusetts. In 2016, 20 years after her death, her family decided to add a simple tombstone for what would have been her 125th birthday. This is the woman that you see... When you walk around New York City, when you're looking at 
the bridges, when you're looking mm-hmm. at the libraries, at the, yeah. at the courts, at the municipal buildings, when you're in France, when you're in Spain, you are seeing this woman's body. Right. And she died at 104 in a psychiatric care facility remembered by no one. Yeah. It is a chilling, chilling tale. We all want to be remembered. We all want to be important. We all want to leave our impression on the world. And when you think about the impression that this woman has left, it is huge. It is far-reaching. Right. It affects almost anyone who's alive, who has traveled anywhere and looked at anything. This woman has been part of that, and yet you don't know her name. You don't know who she is. You don't. You didn't give her any money. None. This woman did not have money. Fame, family, fortune, progress, nothing. Mm -hmm. It was all denied to her. They said, let's take your gorgeous, hot, 20-something body, monetize it, uh, raise it to a level of godliness, but let you die alone, afraid, unremembered. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm feeling this right now. I forgot about this story, and this is affecting. Preach. Whew. I felt that. Yeah, I, I need to pee. I do too. Whew, I feel emotionally spent after that. What? That took a lot out of me. Why didn't you let me go last? <laughs> so I really didn't know we were going on that journey. I was like, uh, right, right. The supermodel who posed for all yeah. of the paintings and all of the sculptures. How fun is this going to be? I'm sorry. What? made you decide to do her like how'd you find her God, you know i gotta say i know there was a specific instance that like it was mentioned on a show i was watching or a book i was reading or a documentary right. i was i was you know or pot yeah. I, I have no clue um oh i want to say it was maybe like a facebook thing of like women you should know or okay snapshots that of makes history sense. or one yeah. of those amazing pages that i follow um i don't totally remember um but it was, I think, again, a situation about Women's History Month, um, which is, you know, for us, like every month is Women's History Month. Month, month. yeah. <laughs> I'm drunk. Wine words. Uh, um, do you have a bitchiest, bitchiest you can share now that you've thought about it? Oh, no, honey. I oh, let that go. On. I let that go such a long time ago. Just in general? We're just not no, going to no, do it anymore? No, I'm just saying, like, I let that go. From the beginning of I this episode. I'm going to say that I know you've done nice things for your parents, like order HelloFresh for them. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I've been doing nice stuff. I've been really cooking for my parents and cleaning. Um, but as far as like, uh, like bitchy, I haven't. You haven't been out in society enough to Mm-mm. be bitchy? No. You've been bitchy to your cat at all? Did you push him off the bed ever? Oh, I throw him outside. That's our new thing now. And I think he's getting spoiled to the fact of like freedom of, oh, I know I can like pull on the carpet and make that weird popping sound or I could scratch the door and then she'll like put me outside. He's a spoiled asshole now. Yeah. So you have fights with him. That can be kind of bitchy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I just, I meant like I let that go at the top of the episode. Like I'm I'm such snotty brain right now. I'm like, I don't know what I did. But yes, I do cook for my parents. So that can count as my like I think that definitely counts as betchy. My betchy is that I was really fortunate enough um, to to do the bridal hair for a friend oh, of mine. Yeah. Um, she looked stunning. I did her hair, her, her maid of honor, um, and it really was this gorgeous day. It was amazing to finally be amongst people again. You know, people are vaccinated and life is returning to normal and and to just like go up to people and, and 
shake their hands and and hug them and meet them and and it was oh, it you're was touching very people real <laughs> yeah exactly I ain't touching people no because she you know she she made everyone aware in in the party like you know people are coming to the wedding are vaccinated like this is this is a change of life and it was it was really incredible um she's gorgeous uh yeah but I also felt like oh I'm gonna cry a little bit I I really helped I think bring that to the vision that she wanted to be for that day oh nice and um it it, it it's challenging to make people look the way that they look in their head for the most important day of their lives and the fact that they trust that to me mm-hmm. is really special. Yeah. And I felt really honored to be nice. part of that for her. Um, she really looked and I I like I kept turning to people and being like, I don't mean to sound conceited, but she looks so gorgeous. <laughs> like she looked so yeah. gorgeous. She and did. I knew that I had been part of that. And yeah. I knew that I had helped with that. Mm-hmm. And I know what a big deal that is to brides, having been in the wedding industry for you know, 15 years now, I know what a big deal that is. And it's been a long time since I've done a bride. You know, I haven't been in the hair industry, you know, really full force in a while. And of course, you know, nobody's been having weddings. So to come back to that and to realize like what a, what a huge thing that is to like fill my cup, to fill my heart, to see people feel the most beautiful they've ever felt in their whole lives and mm-hmm. have done something to help for, to make that happen. It was really special. And I think that being, you know, one of the first times it's been in a while mm-hmm. and one of the first things that I've really done since the since people have been vaccinated and really feeling like comfortable to have meaningful interactions with people mm-hmm. was really special. Sorry. Wow. No, not sorry. It's okay to be a person. Exactly. I, I'm going to, I'm also working in therapy about not being embarrassed about having feelings. There you go. Not being ashamed of having uh, emotional reactions to things. Now, how'd you mess it up and be a bitch? I'm just kidding. Oh, I've been so mean to people on the road. Oh my God. Um, I haven't been driving, you know, as much, of course, uh, since I stopped working in January. But, um, you know, when I do have to be on the road, people are vaccinated and being out in the world again. Right. So people are back on the road being assholes. They're assholes. Standard. Standard. They're such assholes. And I found like, you know, I said I was going to let this go when I got my car and I was like, I will have no road rage. I will be super. You'll be peaceful. zen. I'll be super zen. That's kind of left me a little bit. And I've just been people have been more assholes than usual. It's like they don't remember how to drive or be people. So I have found like the social justice warrior like rising up inside of me and being like, no, you knew this lane was ending. You did not. You do not get to travel oh through God. the entire lane, get in front of everyone and then get in front. Oh like there is God. a zipper situation that happens at a reasonable point. We all know when you're supposed to merge and it is not at the front of a uh. row of 75 people. You're a dick and I'll be damned if you're going to get in front of me. And I've been a little bit that way. Oh my god you have road rage now yeah i don't want to i'm really like working on letting that go but at the same time i really i don't want to let these assholes win i don't want people to just think people who think that they can go through life uh with the rule the rules of society don't apply to them the rules of decorum being a person you know you're just you're not the most important person in the world your time doesn't matter than more than other people's and we all have somewhere to go who, who meet the world that way enrage me so much that i just i really don't want to give them any room i don't want to give them an inch to grow i don't want to give them a space to wedge right. into in front of my car 
that's, but I've also been really cognizant of any time I've had to kind of like, Oh, I got to pop in here. I got to pop in there or like, Oh, I, I, you know, whatever. I've been really cognizant of thanking the people behind me, right. recognizing that that As wasn't you should. maybe the best behavior. You will get anything out of me. If you give me the briefest of waves, if you are an asshole kind of on accident, you come in front of me and you're like, thank you with the little wave of your hand. Everything is forgiven. If you don't give that wave, I I want you to burn in lava. I always just immediately do things as I'm doing them with a wave and just like, yes. I yes. just recognize just, I'm the yes. asshole right now. I know I'm here. Self-awareness to me is the most important trait in a human being. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to be an asshole, at least be a self-aware <clears throat> one, right? Oh, I'm the most self-aware asshole. For sure. To being the most self-aware assholes asshole. we can be. Absolutely. Ooh, oh, there's oh. no sound there. You're <laughs> drinking out of a can. It was a little Like t- a savage. It was like a little. I know. I'm lawless over you here. You didn't even grab a glass. I'm embarrassed. What kind I'm, of host am I? I'm lawless over I here. I didn't give you a frosty glass. I could just die of embarrassment. I had to get this out of the fridge myself. Ooh, boy. That's been a ride, man. <laughs> It's been an emotional I am journey. Crying. We have laughed. We've peed like seven times. Um, you brought up poop. Poop. I don't want to say the word. It embarrasses <laughs> you, me. <laughs> You've confessed your inner rage. Like, rage. I feel like red creeping up of my neck, like to just say the word I'm, poop. I can't. I'm too embarrassed. Um, no, you should be embarrassed about falling out of that hammock. That's hilarious. Oh my God. I'm so glad you got a kick out of that. I mean, I'm so glad I got a kick out of that. I hope that people went home and told that story. Like I saw a 37 year old woman fall out of a hammock today. I, mean, I don't think like an age has to be tied to it. Just, I saw a woman fall out of the tree and it was yeah, great. And you wouldn't say a girl is a thing. You'd say a woman, a woman. You'd say I, I saw a woman um, also boobs down to her navel <laughs> fall out of a Also, <laughs> you don't need your ID at the liquor store. God, Morgan, could you tell one embarrassing story? I feel like oh, I've shit. bared my goddamn soul here. I, I know. I feel like you really did some serious confessions. And, I really did. And I, really, I really told you some embarrassing shit, and you've come back with, you know. What's my dirt? I don't know. You've been home. I, I understand. I don't have dirt. You've been at home. I mean, I pulled my crotch, and that's all I got going for me. Oh, you said that. That's true. <laughs> I think we're even. <laughs> this was so fun. It was fun. I love you in your cute little star-covered pajamas. Thank you. I thank love you. having you here in my home. Same girl. Well, thank you for allowing me in your home. Your nails look fabulous. Thank you. I did them for you. <laughs> you do things for you, for yourself, for the people that you love. You don't do things for strangers Sorry. on the street because guess what? They don't care. They don't care, but like, look at my nails. I know, but I love them. <laughs> I'm going to notice. You know, he's not going to notice some random stranger on the street. So you do it for you. Yeah. That's right. Do you remember what that time we had a total conversation about hair and someone said like, oh, um, you look different. And I'm like, oh, I changed my hair. And you're like, yeah, no, I doubt the last thing that person was thinking of your hair looks different today. Oh, I don't remember that at all. What do you think they were saying to um, you subconsciously? Well, it was a dude, so I highly doubt he did remember my hair color or who I was as a person. Oh, right. It was like someone you hadn't seen in like 15 years. And they're like, you look different, meaning like you look grown up, I'm guessing. No, 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 no. Like this was someone like I had met at the gym 
That's was just it, a weird thing to say then. That guy sucks. Yeah, he's like, oh, you look different. And I was like, I colored my hair. And you were like, Morgan, like, that made the slightest change. It just means you this have person not, a couple of quote unquote, ago. colored your hair <laughs> in the entire time I've known you. It has been slightly varying shades of blonde and retouching your outgrown roots to blonde. Yeah, that's not what that dude meant. I don't know. Who says shit like that? I don't know. Don't, you know what? Come up with better lines. But just, I just... You look different. What, I don't what know. What do you mean? In what way? In My what hair? Because I'm in a different... I, that is bonkers. That's a bonkers thing to say to I don't someone. Know. He said if someone doesn't obviously have like chopped off 14 inches of their hair, gone from red to black, don't... S- say that what does that mean are you talking about my floppy titties or just say you know what i i've been wanting to talk to you for a while hello um okay i mean i think women appreciate honesty yeah he just said i look different and so therefore i had to fill in the blank there you go that's exactly (laughs) what it was he said something weird and you had to make it not weird because that's what i do (laughs) I've been thinking about about that a lot lately about, um, you know, my mom was talking to me about, oh, God, your dad is just friends with everyone. And I was like, yes, it's the worst. Being married to someone who's friendly is the worst. (laughs) They will just make friends with strangers and then they'll introduce you and you have to like then make awkward conversation with the strangers. Except here's the caveat really for my mom and I particularly. (laughs) And she and I were just like screaming over each other in loud agreement about the fact that like, you know that I have like extreme social anxiety and I hate meeting new people and I hate being in new situations. I hate small talk. I hate getting to know people. I'm a slow burn. I don't like pressuring the situation for conversation. Right. But in certain situations you're forced to do so. Uh Right. I'm actually really, really good at that. I'm really good at developing a conversation, getting to know people, having, uh, you know, break the ice questions. I'm really good at keeping the conversation flowing. I'm really good at keeping things natural, snappy, charismatic, sparkly, funny, enjoyable. But it is so much work. I know that people think that people who behave that way, it just comes effortlessly. I promise you, it does not. The wheels are turning so hard beneath the surface here. I am doing everything to keep the conversation afloat so that everybody doesn't settle into those awkward, oh God, this is horrible, let's all run away moments. (laughs) And no one else is holding up their end of the agreement. No one else is holding their end of the weight. You know these people, right? Yeah. You know these people who just will not hold their end of the bargain, and you have to do all the heavy lifting to keep the conversation going. What I used to hate the most whenever I was doing apartment tours uh, for potential um, residents, the hardest thing was when you would get someone who was just awkwardly quiet. And who you'd be like, okay, well, do you have any like questions? Is there anything that I can answer for you? And they're just like, no. So then you're just like constantly in silence. And it's like, I'm literally just telling you stories about myself because you're not asking questions about this unit. So now I just have to talk to you about something. I think I literally talked to this person about my dead fish bubbles that lived for three years. (laughs) I'm just saying like... Don't do this to me. I can't be comfortable in the silence with you. I you don't ha- know you're a stranger. You have, to come, you have to come to the table with something. And when when you put all of the social obligations onto one person, 
it always feels like it falls to me. Johnny will be so boisterous and so effervescent and like draw people in. Yeah. And then like we'll bounce. <laughs> we'll just like check out, you know, and I'm left to like handle the, the audience. And it's it's really exhausting. Other people are not good conversationalists. Other people other people are a bad hang. <laughs> and that is why a lot of times I choose this to surround why, myself with actors. This is why I get actors, invited places where I'm like, I don't know these people, but yeah, you should come. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I have described you dozens, if not hundreds of times as my favorite social lubricant. <laughs> I will invite Morgan to any and all events because I know she, I think it's part of that, that I need you there. I yeah. need you to help carry the social load. Yeah. I need it to not be all on my shoulders because yeah. you are equally I as could good do as it. it. I could do it. it. Yeah. And I, I need you as support in, in these realms because it is, that is a lot to carry on your shoulders and yeah. you are fabulous at it Just and i do think it, that's why not only did i when i thought of this podcast i was like oh it's got to be morgan yeah but also i just i want you around when i'm going places i need you to be there because i will oh it's too much work alone honey <laughs> you're like i might murder someone <laughs> oh, yeah it's hard yeah so thanks for being so good at it thanks girl yeah you're fun to talk to i'm a big fan <laughs> oh my god if you think we're fun to talk to, uh, you can follow us on all the social media places, Facebook and Instagram. Um, not Snapchat, because what? We old. Um, you can, we're not uh, doing that. You can email us at youbetchpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe and share it with your friends if you like us. And tell all the people if they're done with all the episodes of My Favorite Murder and uh, Sorted Details and The Bechtel Cast and... Tenfold uh, More Wicked. And You're Wrong About, then you can come listen to us. Um and there's less ads, I can say that. Yeah, girl. Because no one supports us. That's okay. We're hard workers. We <laughs> you know what's going to support us? My mom's pasta salad recipe that we're going <gasps> to eat after this. What's oh up? Oh, my God. And it's wine time. It's wine yeah, I think time. it can be wine time. It can be more beer time. It can be whatever you want time. In my PJ's time. Rock on, bitches. Rock on. Should we end this on a clank? <laughs> oh, um, hey, what do you got? You got a glass? Yeah, you can pick up a fake wine glass. Yeah. yeah. Rock on, bitches. <laughs>